재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 The Philippines agreed to permit the United States to operate eight military bases within the country. This agreement comes 25 years after Manila voted to close military bases uh, at the end of the Cold War. So it's a bit of a change. And we want to talk more about how this deal will affect the regional security dynamics. Some implications for South Korea, of course, as well, which hosts U.S. military bases. Joining us on the line from uh, De La Salle University International Study Professor Javad Front Hadarian. Hello. Uh, good afternoon. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Professor. Um, first question Why did the Philippines decide to permit uh, America's continued military presence? Um, this is more than two decades after lawmakers in Manila voted to expel the troops. Well, without a question, the disputes in the South China Sea, particularly. Uh, perceived threat from China and China's rising territorial assertiveness within the area and more specifically within the Philippines' exclusive economic zone, which culminated in mid-2012 uh, usurpation of the Philippine claims carbarshal by China, uh, is the main reason behind why the Philippines has recalibrated uh, its security relations with the United States. There's a sense that uh, there, there is a necessary necessity for the Philippines and the United States to upgrade their security relations so that the two countries can have some kind of a common front against China and to put a dent into China's rising assertiveness in the South China Sea. And also, could you give us a brief rundown on this new defense pact, how it's shaped uh, between the Philippines and the U.S.? Of course, uh, it is controversial, but it's different from the basing agreement that the United States enjoyed during the Cold War period. So during the Cold War period, the United States essentially controlled Subic and Clark uh, as its forward deployment bases. And those were the biggest bases of the United States outside continental uh, America. But under the Enhanced Defense Cooperation Agreement, which was just cleared after almost two years of discussion in the Philippine Supreme Court last January, Oh, the United States will be provided rotational, limited, consensually agreed-upon access uh, to some of the uh, bases in the Philippines. So far, the Subic and Clark, the two most obviously important bases that the United States has been interested in regaining access to, have been off the list. So the, United, the Philippines so far has only provided access to the United States in five different bases. Four of them are air bases. And one of those bases, Antonio Bautista, is positioned in Palawan province, which is very close to the contested features in the South China Sea. Now, the thing is that the Philippines will be electing a new president in the next two months. So I expect the two countries to renegotiate this list, perhaps expand America's rotational access after a new president comes to the picture. And this enhanced defense cooperation agreement is going to last for 10 years. And it's an executive agreement. So it has not right. been ratified by the Senate of the United States and the Philippines. So it could be renegotiated by the next Filipino president or next American president. Interesting indeed. Now, you mentioned China, that being the main driver of all of this. How is this new deal, in your view, then strategically a win-win beneficial for both countries? Well, first of all, uh, this deal is part of a broader uh, strategy of the United States to pivot to Asia. So under the pivot to Asia rebalancing strategy, the United States since 2011 has tried to augment its military footprint in the area. Countries like Singapore have granted American uh, uh, vessels uh, 
uh, permanent access. Uh, uh, just the other year, uh, countries like Australia in Darwin, they have also granted basing access to the United States. Countries like Malaysia have also increased uh, America's rotational access to their bases, although much more quietly. So this agreement with the Philippines is part of a broader movement in the region to allow for the U.S. Navy to have much more in, a much more significant military footprint and to have some kind of a forward deployment base. I think that is essentially uh, the, the, the part of the perspective of the United States. On the part of the Philippines, well, the Philippines is an American treaty ally, and it's the only American treaty ally that has been uh, you know, engaged in this territorial dispute between China in the South China Sea. And for the Philippines, I think it's very important for them that they can get maximum possible security assurance from the United States and assistance from the United States in order to protect their own territorial interests. I mean, the Philippines kicked out the Americans back in 1992 by not extending a military basis agreement. But I think over time they got to regret it because they realized that on their own they cannot protect their own territorial interests. And that is why they have to bring back the Americans. But there's a lot of ambivalence on how far the United States will really go to help the Philippines. So, for instance, the Obama administration has been clear that their mutual defense treaty with Japan covers the so-called Senkaku DLU disputed islands in the East China Sea. But we have not seen any similar statement by the Obama administration that the mutual defense treaty with the Philippines and the newly signed enhanced defense cooperation agreement will cover uh, the Philippines' claimed territories that are also being contested by China in the South China Sea. So the ETCA, in many ways, mm. is not necessarily going to help the Philippines to protect its territorial interests, but that is the gamble that the Philippines is making. Of course, the criticism is that with increased amount of America's rotational presence, you could see more incidents of possible abuse by American citizens against Filipino citizens. A Filipino citizen actually was just killed the other year by a visiting American soldier. I'm sure in South Korea and Japan, all across the region, we have been hearing these kinds of incidents of crimes by American soldiermen against local citizens. So there's a fear that that could happen. There's also fear that actually America's military presence in the Philippines will increase, but it will be too little too late. Mm. And more than that, it could be even more provocative than helpful. And in fact, uh, uh, encourage China to be even more aggressive in terms of its territorial ambitions. So, for instance, China has deployed high-frequency radars to the Spratly chain of islands, has deployed surface-to-air missiles and jet fighters to the area. Many think that the Chinese are doing this because they're already preempting that the Americans will augment their own military footprint in, uh, in the area, particularly in the Philippines. Now, we're almost out of time, but uh, China, of course, looms larger, and no surprise, they're very much against uh, this agreement. Can you um, explain what the Philippines' approach to China will be here in Korea? Obviously, a very important trading partner, and there's an economic concern when it comes with China and these sensitivities. What about the Philippines? Since countries like South Korea and Malaysia have developed an equi-balancing strategy, I mean, there are, uh, particularly in the case of Korea, it's a treaty ally of the United States, but due to concerns over North Korea, which is close to China, and due to trade, massive trade relations, it has been very careful in terms of making sure that this fits between South Korea and China, which is sometimes very vicious in the Yellow Sea, will not undermine bilateral uh, diplomatic relations. But the, the situation is different in the Philippines. Practically in the last four years, bilateral diplomatic relations have collapsed. I would call Philippine-China relations as the most toxic bilateral relationship in Asia, perhaps next to South Korea and North Korean diplomatic mm. relations. Our president of the Philippines, Aquino, has not yet held a single formal summit with Xi Jinping. The Philippines have taken China to international court, and perhaps by June we'll know the result, whether the international court will rule against China's claims in the area. 
So you have a very toxic relationship here. But generally, there is an expectation that under the next Filipino president, especially uh, two of the can one of the more pragmatic candidates is elected, then perhaps the Philippines will move towards the Korean strategy, the strategy of equal balancing and making sure that you keep your friends like U.S. close, but you keep your rivals and perhaps enemies like China even closer. So you, we right. may see some foreign policy shift on the part of the Philippines in the next few months. Very interesting uh, analysis indeed. Professor, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. My pleasure, my pleasure. I'm proud of it. Professor Javad Frond Hadarian, we've got Soul City News up next.